welcome back to Aaron on Display. This is Aaron, and thanks for tuning back in. I have a few things to uh, address before we start. One is that this took longer than a week to get done, and I'm sorry for anybody out there listening. I said in the first podcast I was going to try and do this once a week, and didn't really meet that goal for the second episode, so... Sorry about that. And then also I'd like to apologize for the audio quality. Uh, I'm in the middle of moving, and like an idiot, I packed the microphone that I use, and I'm using the one built in on my computer right now. So hopefully it's not too bad, and you'll still enjoy listening. So let's hop in. So the second episode, I spent some time thinking about what I wanted to talk about, and the immediate thing that jumped out at me was the actual experience of being fat. As myself, I obviously cannot talk for anybody else, so I think that my experience will have to cover it, and this show is Aaron on display, so I guess that's okay, because this is a huge act of ego, right? Just filming a (laughs) show about my own weight. Anyway, uh, let's get on with it. So, I want to talk about what it's like to be fat in America, but before I do that, uh, well, about me being fat in America... Uh, Before I do that, though, I do want to address something. So in researching this episode, and research is really like a loose term for what I did. I mean, just kind of reading up on other people's thoughts on the subject. uh, I came across some people who argued that, you know, being overweight, being fat in America should almost be treated like a, uh, I don't want to say a civil rights issue, but, you know, that it's on par with something like, you know, racial disparage, racism and racial disparagement and all that kind of stuff. And I I really don't agree with any of that. And I want to lay that down on the table. So being fat in America in a lot of ways sucks, but it does not suck to that kind of degree. If you're listening right now, the last month that we've had in America and really around the world has been a shit show, I think, for a lot of reasons. And it's been mostly one mass shooting after one mass shooting after a lot of dead cops. Stuff happening in Europe the stuff in Turkey. It's been kind of a weird time, uh, and there's a lot of it. I mean, just today, uh, there was a a guy who stabbed a bunch of people in Japan, and I honestly don't get how people do any of that, but I also understand that the issues that I have in my life, have in my life, they pale in comparison to the things that are going on on a broader scale. And, and that just needs to be said, because there needs to be a context for why I need to take care of myself. And also, I think it's a good reminder to me that my problems are not so large that they cannot be overcome. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like I'm one guy trying to lose weight, and that's been done a thousand times, over a thousand times, by over a thousand people. So as I kind of talk about the experience that I've had being overweight, I don't want to get confused as something as something bigger than it is. So I hope that makes sense, and I hope you kind of get where I was going with that disclaimer. Anyway, so, me being fat. Uh, I was doing some reading, obviously, on the Reddits uh, and a few other places, and read some interesting stuff that I'm going to reference a little bit later, but uh, what kind of started this uh, off was I was listening to uh, another NPR show, and I'm sorry that I forget the name of it, but it was about Linda West, and they were... uh, Lindy, excuse me. Lindy West. Uh, And she wrote a book called Shrill. She actually worked at The Stranger, which is a Seattle newspaper. Uh, If you live in the Pacific Northwest, you're probably familiar with. Uh, Worked with Dan Savage, who's uh, pretty famous as a uh, sex advice guy. And she wrote a book on what it's basically like to be like a loud fat lady 
I've not read her book, and I don't want you to get the impression that I have. This is based purely off of what she spoke about. Listening to her talk, you know, she made some interesting points. And overall, I kind of agree with the points that she was making, particularly on the portions that she spoke about being big, that it is really hard to be around people while you're large because people make a lot of assumptions about who you are as a person based on your physical experience. And that goes both ways. Uh, I understand that that happens as a large person, but that also happens to a lot of smaller people. It happens to almost everybody and to different degrees. It happens specifically to larger people because I think that we're put into a weird box while either we're dumb or we're the villain. Like, there's always that kind of view of, like, the fat mob boss who's about to sentence someone to death. But then, you know, if, like, you're a small, attractive blonde lady, like, everybody thinks you're stupid, and that's just as unfair. And so she talked about that, and I kind of got interested from listening to that and uh, read a few other things. And in in the course of reading, and I'm not going to really go through the whole litany of stuff that I read because uh, it's not that important. I'll try and list some in the show notes. But regardless, I think some of the stuff that I read kind of pointed to people mostly just being uncomfortable in our own skin. And the big thing about being fat is it's a exercise in being uncomfortable almost all the time. And I'm speaking for myself, obviously, I can't speak for other people, but I think a lot of people would agree that as a large person, as an overweight person, as a fat guy, I spend a lot of my time being uncomfortable. And there's two parts of this that I kind of want to touch on. And the first part is the actual reality of being big that we never talk about. And then the emotional side is probably the second side. So the actual realities of being big. So like, I think I'm still like, over around 395, and there's a litany of things that being this size does. So I have noticed, and I'm going to be really blunt during this, and if it makes you uncomfortable, I get it, but fuck off, because it's my podcast, so I get to do what I want, I guess. But uh, <laughs> So one thing I've always noticed is I do not like to walk with groups of people, because it's hard to keep up. I am not a speed walker, and I've noticed that skinny people walk really fast and I can keep up for a little bit but I just kind of don't because I don't feel like being winded so I just kind of walk slowly and let them get ahead of me and I meet up with them later and it's always just kind of socially awkward to do that but no one ever really mentions it when you do it and it's just kind of an awkward thing and sometimes the group like (laughs) waits for you and then it's more awkward and then you look at them and then they're just looking at you, and you don't know what to say, and then you just meet back up, and then you keep walking, and then hopefully it doesn't happen again, and you walk a little faster to keep up so it doesn't happen again. So there's stuff like that. There's uh, there's the fact that anytime I am in a tight place surrounded by lots of people, I constantly am on an exit strategy plan to how to get out of that particular situation, and I normally flee to the wall or out of the way of any group of people that I'm in, just because I can, I bump into things, I bump into people, I bump into kids, I bump into walls, I bump into the table, blah, 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 and it's just really uncomfortable, and then people dance around you like you're some sort of hippo idol, (laughs) trying to, like, get out of your fucking way, and it's just very uncomfortable, and that's something I've never really talked about before either, I just hate being in the way, and as a large person it's you're always in the way uh and then oh god 
the the other thing about being big is the little things that other people don't notice like when you're at a restaurant and you specifically go for the table you'll know that you'll fit in and then nobody says anything this is one of those things like nobody ever says anything but you know you're always like looking for that you always try to set a table not a booth what if the booth doesn't fit? And if the booth doesn't fit, you have to awkwardly go somewhere else. And there's not a lot of upsides on this whole physical experience of being fat. I'll touch on the clothes thing. Uh, nobody really doesn't know this, but like clothes shopping sucks. Wearing clothes comfortably, uh, being comfortable in your clothes, I guess, uh, sucks. I am, but you know, I mean, finding the right clothes is hard. I have only one pair of jeans in my whole life that actually fit me correctly. And I know that's actually a problem a lot of people have, but one pair of jeans that really fit me, and then I've never had a suit jacket fit, like, because it's always weird, awkward sizing in the shoulders, and it's not big enough for the midriff, and then the sleeves are not long enough, or they're too, too long. There's nothing ever good about that. So, and the clothes thing is kind of less less like fat centric but i think the being gigantic and bumping into things is interactions with other people so i've touched on this but interactions with other people are also really weird i've had this conversation a few times with people when you're big and i kind of get a double whammy because i'm a big dude but i also have tattoos and a beard when you're big people really notice you like they really notice you and they stare and sometimes people don't talk to you. In fact, actually, in my experience, a lot of times people will go out of their way not to talk to you, which is ironic because most of my jobs have been very social-centric. So I'm usually meeting people and helping people and doing all that kind of stuff. But people will go out of their way if they don't know who you are to really just kind of avoid talking to you because they don't know how to... Well, I don't know if it's they don't know how to treat you, but they don't know how to do something. And so I've noticed that. I've had women cross the street not to be on the same sidewalk as me. I've had, every time you start talking to a group of people, everybody backs up, which is super subconscious because I don't think people realize that they're doing it, but not back up isn't to make more room. Like I've had really like a lot of people just like physically like back up, like almost like they're afraid. And there's just a lot of weird stuff like that that would be really hard to spend a lot of time on just because it's really minute stuff. And I think also the other physical experience of being big is, you know, when you're big, you're always afraid of how your size will affect the environment. So there's just a whole categories of chairs I don't sit in. <laughs> like white, cheap plastic chairs I don't fucking sit in. Chairs that don't seem very sturdy. Like I don't even try it. I don't even really like sitting on new toilets, which is embarrassing, but at the same time a reality. So I, I won't spend much more time on this, but there's like a physical reality I don't want to say cost, but a physical reality of being big that's super uncomfortable and there's a lot of negatives around it. And as we kind of stay on this topic for a second, I think that the physical negatives about it are what really push a lot of people to lose weight because it's so debilitating. The word handicap gets thrown out a lot. And personally, I don't know if I'm really comfortable with that word. Like, I don't feel handicapped. But, I mean, it gets in a way of a lot of shit. It's just a lot of stuff. And if you're big, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I, I did want to, like, talk about that because I feel like I've never really heard somebody sit down and describe what it's like, even in small small detail, about what it's like to be fat physically and the realities of it. So the Lindy West uh, 
uh, author, she wrote the Shrill book I was talking about earlier, she told a story of she (laughs) was sitting on a chair and she broke the chair and pizza and beer went everywhere and she just pretended to be drunk and not, and it wasn't because she was fat, even though it really happened because she was bigger and she broke a chair. And so she, and she made a comment that it's true that it's better to be drunk as shit in public than it is to be a fat person being so excited to eat pizza that you fall on your ass. And I agree with that because I've been there like, oh, that's another thing. Eating, eating in front of people is this weird mind game that I've done in front of my whole life that's very awkward. And I think all fat people do this. Like, I've never, like, sat down and compared a lot of drastic notes on this. When I eat in public, I always go for foods that I don't feel are stereotypical for fat people to eat because I don't want the people around me to judge the shit out of me as I eat them. Which is weird, but I I feel like everybody's doing that too. Even if you're skinny, you're probably doing that. But, I mean, Jim Gaffigan, he he jokes about that shit all the time. But that's like a super huge concern in my own brain when I'm out in public. And then I also am a very fast eater. Like, I fucking inhale food. So I'm usually done eating before anybody else is eating. And I try so hard to slow down. But it's, it's really hard to slow down, and so I'm always self-conscious about that. Yeah, it's just kind of one of those weird things. But anyway, so I, I guess, like, the physical side of it. And and then, I guess, that last part bled into the, the mental costs of being fat. Uh, again, just as a reminder, this is not a special snowflake feeling. Like, all this stuff people have gone through for millennia. And uh, on the emotional side, though, me personally, like, I feel like the big cost has been comfort with myself, I think a lot of times people get big and it's the comfort with other people that they don't have. Uh, and then it leads into uh, them not being comfortable with themselves. But for me, I am very comfortable with other people. I love people. I love talking to people. It drives my girlfriend up a fucking wall. It drives everybody I know up a fucking wall. Uh, I might be big, but I will make friends out of anybody. And if you get a beer in me, like, I will befriend a stranger. I will befriend ten strangers. I like people. And I've never had a problem getting to know people. Like, everybody has times where they feel awkward in a in a social situations, but... I really like people, and it's not been a huge problem with me. It's the classic, I'm fat and I'm funny, so you're going to like me syndrome. I'm that to a fucking T, which is kind of a stereotype that I don't like about myself, but it's true. Uh, The emotional cost for me being overweight has been comfort with myself, I think, to a large degree. More so than the people, as I was saying. So, in a way, I want to put this like... I feel like there are good things about myself, and I can say good things about myself, and, and I'm not a fucking Nazi, like I'm, <laughs> I try to be a good person, but there is always like a, a glaze, if you will, of just shittiness over all the things in the back of my head that I, that I think are good about myself. Like I always feel that I'm like the fat kid pretending to be cool to fit in and and to fit in with myself, like not other people, like trying to fit in with myself. And that's probably not the best way to describe that, but it, it's kind of what it feels like. I, I'm really hard on myself, but at the same time, like I excuse myself from things because I'm fat. 
It's okay not to go eat. A che- it's okay to go eat a cheeseburger because what's the point? And then you get mad at yourself for eating the cheeseburger, and it's that like classic spiral that we've all talked about a thousand times. But that's one of the things that's really kind of stood out to me personally in the kind of realities of being big. One of the things that I've noticed on the emotional side of it is that I eat my emotions, and I think being big has let me not confront a lot of those things I feel about myself because food is a crutch. And it goes back to that, like, oh my god, am I a food addict question from the last episode is, you know, every time, and I used an, I think I used this analogy last episode, but every time I eat a cheeseburger or every time I go out to a restaurant or any time I eat something, it's like a little hug of acceptance. I don't know why, but that's just what it feels like. It feels like the food's always there, and it's not going to judge me, and I'm fine, and, you know, it just feels a little better. And it's kind of that, it's the endorphin thing. And and that's fucking scary. Like, it's that same kind of reaction I get uh, around food that I'm pretty sure that, like, alcoholics get, like, around beer. Like, I, I feel like I get so excited around food because I know it's going to make whatever I'm feeling, the negative feelings that I'm experiencing in the moment go away immediately. Like, it's a switch. And coming to terms with that as a mechanism in my own head has been really hard. And it still is really hard. And I don't know how to reconcile that. Sorry to bring up Reddit again, but on the science subreddit, there was an article uh, that I'll post in the show notes that was talking about in obese women, the pleasure sensors that tell you that, that go off after you have the full feeling, meaning you have eaten enough. Stop fucking eating. Those in normal people, I guess, shut off, but in them obese women, and I'm assuming that this is the same with men, but you'd have to read the article for yourself, they don't shut off. And and that's, even when I know, and, and I really related to that, because even when I'm full, I will still keep eating because it feels good. And not even, it does not feel physically good. I want to be very clear about that. It feels emotionally good. Which is a weird fucking thing to feel in your own head. And again, this all sounds like classic addict stuff, right? So that's scary. And that's still something, again, why I'm fucking recording this podcast is because I'm trying to work what out. I'm trying to work out what that really means for me. So there you go. So the third thing that I wanted to talk about, and I kind of wanted to focus on a specific article that I read, um, and this is The Telegraph. So this is a UK-based newspaper, if you're not familiar. Again, I'll link this in the show notes. And it's kind of that theme of the realities of being fat, being fat in America, which is kind of what I loosely titled this show, but that's I guess it's really being Aaron being fat in America would be a better, <laughs> a better title. But even though this is a, a UK thing, people are people all over the world, so I think it would fucking apply. Um, so I'm going to read this article. Hopefully I won't get sued. It's not very long. It's a little long. No, it's not that long. Uh, and I think that we'll be, we'll be okay. But I wanted to address some of the points in this article. Uh, and if I screw up reading it a few times, sue me. It's my fucking show. You're okay. Uh, piling on the pounds. Oh, I guess I should tell you more information. So the uh, article is Obesity is Three Times Deadly for Men Than Women. Uh, It is by Sarah Napton, is how I feel that you should pronounce her last name. Uh, And this is from July 13th, so not that long ago. 
Uh, piling on the pounds is three times more deadly for men than women, and even being slightly overweight raises the risk of dying early. The biggest uh, ever study into weight and death has shown. Obese people can expect to lose three years of life while the average overweight person will die 12 months sooner than they would have if they were our healthy size, researchers at Oxford, Cambridge, and Harvard universities found. Usually, fewer than one in five men will die before the age of 70, but that jumps to nearly one in three for moderately obese and, 80, and eight in ten for the morbidly obese. Keep in mind, I'm morbidly obese at this point. Like, I, I'm 395, and I should not be that point. So that was pretty sobering reading it. Anyway, uh, going back. In contrast, around 1 in 10 women can expect to die early, with obesity raising the risk of uh, to 1 in 7. While obesity raises the risk of early death just by 3% for women, it is 10% for men, more than three times as much. Quote, we found that men who were obese were at much at a much higher risk of premature death than those obese women. Mr. and I'm not going to even pronounce this guy's name, you can read the article, from the, univers uh, from the University of Cambridge. This is consistent with uh, previous observations that obese men have greater insulin resistance, liver fat levels, and diabetes risk than women. Around 61% of adults are currently overweight or obese, and the average weight of Britons has been steadily increasing since the 1970s. Uh, I don't have an article in front of me, but... Uh, I think that's pretty much true for America, too. Like, we've been shoveling in that McDonald's, people. Uh, going back, in 1975, the average Briton had a BMI of 23, which is considered a healthy weight. But today, that has risen to 27, with the average person now overweight. It means that since 19, the 1970s, every person in Britain has roughly gained more than 3 pounds per decade. Ten types of cancer are linked to excess weight, which can also lead to type 2 diabetes, heart disease, stroke, respiratory disease, and a range of other health problems. Uh, and they list some charts in here you can, you can check out. Uh, Obesity-related uh, obesity disease currently costs the, uh, the health service uh, £47 billion a year, just under half of the entire NHP. Budget. So, for those of you not familiar, the National Health Service is the is the nationwide uh, health care entity in the UK. Uh, in America, I mean, if you live here, you're pretty familiar with the system. Uh, but there, they have a unified health system that everybody can take part of, uh, and everybody pays into it. So, I mean, that's much more specific to that. Uh, researchers compiled data from 10.6 million people who took part in 239 studies between 1970 and 2015 in 32 different countries. The study found an increase of risk of premature death for people who were underweight, as well as for people classed as overweight. It talks about how you can find your BMI, and then it goes back in. The risk, increase in, uh, the risk increased steadily and steeply as BMI increased, which, measured by, which is measured by calculating height and weight. By the time men reached the highest class of obesity, their risk of early death had increased to more than fourfold, meaning that 8 in 10 men will die prematurely. For women morbidly, or, for women morbidly obese... I am so sorry... For women, morbid obesity increased their chance of dying early by 2.7 times. Researchers estimated that one in seven premature deaths could be avoided, an equivalent to around 32,000 uh, in the UK if the overweight and obese slimmed down. Uh, so I want to stop there for a second, because I've been blabbering on and not doing a good job of reading out loud. Sorry, don't do it that often. Um, that is a fucking staggering number. 
Uh, the UK is, in terms of population, nowhere fucking near the United States, from my understanding. And 32, but just the number. That means that if 32,000 people just figured out how to lose weight, they would be alive longer. And 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 the scary thing, and I'm, I'm not in the UK, but the scary thing is that I am a part of that. Like, I am one of the people who could die, and, and if I don't change will die prematurely. And that's fucking crazy. Like, I've ne- I, I've heard this before, but I think this is the first time in my life I've really ever thought about it. And that's, that's fucked up. Like, and, and it makes me really angry at myself that, like, how do you... How do you let yourself do that to yourself? And I think ignorance... It's not ignorance. Like, I've had how to be healthy shouted at my face by society, at least my whole life. Um, I'm not going to go on, uh, even though there's not very much left of the article, like I'm not going to go on. I think you kind of get the view of the, the piece and basically what it's talking about. And and the reason I wanted to read that is because I talked about, you know, the physical actualities of being fat, the emotional uh, side of it. But then also, you know, there's consequences uh, to me being the size that I am. And I think that that's a part of what I really need to figure out is, am I okay with the consequences of being this big? And I don't think that I am. So that means that the natural conclusion, I mean, for me at least, needs it means that I need to change. And how I do that probably be the next episode of the podcast. But again, that's not that's not easy. That's not easy at all. And I think that for a lot of people, it sounds really easy when you're thin. Like, oh, I'll just go lose five pounds. And losing five pounds objectively is really easy. But I think it's like keeping it off that's always been hard. And I I think I'm going to do the things Aaron has tried not to be fat list, like in a different episode. So I don't want to like dive too much into it here. But like, it's not like I haven't tried. It's just nothing sticks. And I think that's most people's problems. So anyway... All of this really boils down to a quality of life conversation about will losing weight make my life better? Yes. Will losing weight extend my life? That's pretty much proven out by science. And I guess the questions that I need to figure out is, am I motivated enough to do something about that? I want that desperately to be yes, and I feel motivated but, I mean, I felt motivated, like I was saying, a bunch of times, and it never stuck. So where do I go from here? I, I guess I need to figure that out. So I guess I will leave it there. Thanks so much for listening to me uh, rant and rave about being a fat guy. Uh, and also putting up with the quality of this podcast, which I am hoping improves. Uh, thanks for bearing with me. Uh, and if you guys have any questions, let me know. Uh, one thing that I wanted to uh, mention, which I should have done at the beginning of the podcast, is that we are now on Stitcher, iTunes, and uh, Google. You can download the podcast there. Um, and it's also on SoundCloud. I host it on SoundCloud, but you're able to get it at all three sources. Um, it would be awesome if you could share the podcast with people that might find a little bit of encouragement knowing that somebody else is going through the same things they are. And it would be awesome if you want to leave a comment anywhere, uh, please do. It'd be great to hear from you. I don't have an email for the show set up yet, but I'll have one next week because that'd probably be a good thing to have. 
so thanks so much, and I hope you guys have a great week. Bye.